If the separation of church and state ever existed in the state of New York, that distinction has been obliterated by the Empire State's new governor, Kathy Hochul, who demands that her constituents take the coronavirus vaccine and justifies her demand as an edict from God himself. We are not through this pandemic. I wished we were, but I prayed a lot to God during this time. And you know what? God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers, he made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say, thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say, I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know, there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Which God are we talking about here? Because I went to church on Sunday. I try to take my faith Christianity seriously. And I've never read anything about the Fauci-ouchi as a requirement of the faith. She says she wears her her vaccination status on a little necklace. You know, Christians sometimes wear a crucifix or a scapular, but she wears her vaccination status. Christians try to be disciples uh, of Christ, follow in the line of the apostles who are apostles to Jesus. She says, be apostles to me. Well, this, this Fauci-ouchi, this is a sacrament, not to Christians or Jews or Muslims, but to modern disciples of the cult of public health of progressivism, of politics. According to these leftists, there is no God but science and Fauci is his prophet, the science of history, the science of politics. She can make these edicts from on high and people must follow them. Now, of course, these very same people reject science the moment it involves biological sex or preborn babies. Governor Hochul is very possibly the most pro-abortion governor in the entire country. No, no. The kooky religious talk we're hearing from people like Hochul is less the doctrine of some new religion of science than it is the familiar superstitions of paganism, replete with the same old sort of shamans and even the child sacrifice. But be not deceived. God is not mocked. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday from old schooled man, that guy has gotten a lot of top comments on this show. He says, if the left actually cared about offering immigrants asylum due to horrible living conditions, they would be bringing Australians here by the planeful. <laughs> That's true. But you can never help the West, even the way, when the West is in the Southeast. You, you can never help Western civilization. It's all about uh, bringing other people into our civilization because our civilization is so rotten and we've wronged everybody and we're the cause of all the problems on earth. That's what's going on. But I agree. Those poor, those poor Australians need some asylum. You know, they need to hire better politicians over in that country. When you want to hire better people, I would strongly recommend you check out ZipRecruiter. Businesses are trying to find workers these days, and it's not so easy to do it. All these businesses reopening means that millions of jobs need to be filled. Where do these businesses turn to fill those roles fast? ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. When you post a job to ZipRecruiter, it's not just throwing spaghetti at a wall, okay? They actively go out. They send your job to over 100 top job sites. They give you access to their network of millions of job seekers. 
you review recommended candidates that they go out and find you. You invite your top choices to apply for your job, which is, encourages them to apply faster. According to ZipRecruiter internal data, jobs where employers invite candidates to apply get two and a half times more candidates. Head on now, check it out. ZipRecruiter's tech is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash K-N-W-L-E-S. ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Governor Hochul in New York, really creepy stuff from her. I have long said, quoting Cardinal Manning, that all politics, all human conflict ultimately is theological. All politics boils down ultimately to religion because we're talking about morality, we're talking about ethics, we're talking about the relationship of man to his community and to his state and to his God, his place in the universe. So obviously it's going to eventually come down to religion. But this lady's taking it to a really crazy extreme, wearing her vaccination status like some kind of religious totem. Meanwhile, she's firing hospital staff. We're told that we need the hospital staff. We're told that these are the most wonderful people in New York. These are the heroes, more heroic than the firemen on 9-11, the nurses and doctors who, you know, treated people with the Wuhan cough. But now, after hearing that for 18 months, we are being told that the hospital workers are going to be fired because some of them don't want to take the Fauci-ouchie. We'll be nation leading with our mandate which strikes at midnight tonight when everyone is expected in a hospital in the state of New York or a health care facility to have been vaccinated. I will be signing an executive order to give me the emergency powers necessary to address the shortages where they occur and that's going to allow me to deploy the National Guard who are medically trained, deploy people uh, who've been retired who may have had a license lapse bring in people from elsewhere. That is not my first position though, my friends. My, my, my desire is to have the people who've been out there continue to work in their jobs, work in them safely, and to all the other healthcare workers who are vaccinated, they also deserve to know that the people they're working with will not get them sick. So we're told that the hospitals are overflowing. We need all hands on deck. And we're also told that if you don't get the the shot, then we're going to fire you. Why do you need to get the shot? Because people need to come in and get their booster shots. Why do they need to get their booster shots? Because the vaccine apparently wasn't as effective as we were told that it was in the first place. So then why do you need to get the vaccine, hospital workers? Well, because it's so extremely effective. uh, Huh? What? Are you sure about that? Well, don't worry. There's no reason to hesitate to get the vaccine because the vaccine is extremely safe. Okay. Well, uh, what's the evidence that the vaccine is safe? Well, the, the vaccine is so safe that the FDA won't approve the booster shots that we all said that we need because the vaccine isn't as effective as we told you it was in the first place. Huh? What? It's not making a whole lot of sense to me. It's not making a lot of sense to me either. This is... And an exercise, as it's been from the beginning, but it's getting clearer by the day, this is an exercise in political power. There's not a lot of reason to it. People from the beginning have been comparing the coronavirus, the COVID, the public health dictatorship to a sort of religious apparatus. I've made this comparison before, but the difference here is that true religion 
is reasonable. <laughs> These people are not reasonable. They're changing their story every single day and they are capriciously wielding power. Now, this is sick stuff. Obviously, it shows you how disingenuous the left was when they were uh, extolling the virtues of the healthcare workers and say they don't care about the healthcare workers. They care that people do what they tell them to do. And the minute the healthcare workers don't do what they tell them to do, they fire them. They put them out of a job. The greatest heroes in the world for 18 months. Sorry, you're on, you're on your rear end in the middle of the street. Now, why are people going into the hospitals? It's not because they have COVID necessarily. A lot of people are coming down with COVID symptoms and they think they have COVID, but they're testing negative for COVID. This was a, a headline just came out from, uh, from the Daily Mail. So the, the headline is, why are so many suffering dreadful COVID symptoms, but still testing negative? Sarah Vine was convinced she had it, but countless tests said otherwise, and she's far from alone. What is going on? Hmm. What's go- Let's use, is it some grand conspiracy and is it, there's the conspiracy regarding the tests or is it, is it because COVID for the vast majority of people is just a cough and a headache? And COVID is not the only disease that will give you a cough and a headache. It's, we used to call that a cold or the flu or any other number of ailments. And people get sick, by the way. People can get, I know this is shocking. People can get sick and have it not be the coronavirus. There, there are, I, it's weird because the flu basically disappeared last year. Everyone had the coronavirus, but nobody had the flu. It was pretty strange. But people can get sick. And you know what? It's okay to get mildly sick. It's, okay. it's a normal thing. It's not going to end the world if you come down with the sniffles. You'll be fine. We have immune systems. I know that we pretend that we don't anymore. We have natural immunity to certain things that we have experienced before. I know that we pretend that that's not true anymore but it's okay. This virus has turned the society so much more neurotic than it already was. And it already was pretty bad. They, they just don't understand it. How could people be coming down with the sniffles, but they don't have COVID? Because there are other viruses. And maybe if you're confusing your common cold with COVID, maybe COVID wasn't as bad as everyone was pretending it was for the vast majority of people. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. But the COVID dictatorship marches on and on and on. In, in Canada right now, the cops are stopping random people on the street. Well, actually, I should, I should not say that. It's not random people. They're stopping a specific type of people. And it's not based on sex and it's not based on race. And it's, it's based much more on class. You fit a criminal profile today. Yeah, now normally people look down the nose at you a little bit when you wear high vis, But um, no, not like this, mate. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty odd. So they're stopping anyone that obviously looks like a uh, construction worker. By myself, going for a walk. Trying to get back to work. So, so you're here for a lawful reason? Lawful reasons, always. The cops with the guns, just one of them looks at me, just sprints across the road, and they just drop me, all like five of them on top of me, just smash me, for no reason. So why'd they pull you up? Oh, just, just, for, just for, be, for being here, basically, yeah. Are you within your 10Ks? Yeah, and- I live in South Melbourne, I just walked here. My watch is still going, 4.2 case. <laughs> they cuffed me, and then five of them held onto me for no reason, and I just said, let me go, like, I'm doing nothing wrong. And they cut it off. Being profiled, because I'm, I'm wearing my tradie outfit, yeah. So this is what's happening, and it's happening throughout the West. The people who are being targeted here, it's not, it's not on their race or on their sex, it's on their class. COVID has opened up, or, or really highlighted, a serious class battle. 
between the ruling class and the ruled, between the elite people from the elite institutions and the ruled who are told to get in line or lose all their rights and all their way of life. These sorts of things really make you want to protect yourself. When you want to protect yourself, I would strongly recommend you check out Ring. I'm not the handiest guy in the world, okay? I don't think I'm uh, revealing any previously unknown secrets. And yet, even I am able to install Ring. Your Ring alarm is so simple to install, you can do it in a matter of minutes. Obviously, you can keep an eye on who's at your doorstep, see and speak to whoever is out there, whether you're in your home, whether you're on a beach, whether you're at the office, doesn't matter. Uh, You can see every inch of your house on the inside, on the outside of the house. It's really nice, especially if you, like me, occasionally go on the road. You want to make sure that your wife and your child are nice and safe and secure. Gives you a little bit of peace of mind. I would strongly recommend you protect your home anytime from anywhere with Ring Alarm. Go to ring.com slash Knowles, L-E-S, for a special offer on a Ring Alarm security kit today. Build a system that's right for your home. Have it up and running in minutes. That is ring.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, ring.com slash Knowles. We are told right now that the, the primary divisions in our, in our country are uh, partisan. They're sexual. We're especially told that they're racial, but that's not true. You saw that clip. I think I misspoke. I think I said that was from Canada. It was from Rebel News, but it was a clip from Australia. You'd probably hear that in the accents. Australia is the, the clearest example of, of, of where the COVID lockdown dictatorship is going crazy, but it's true broadly throughout the West, and it's not breaking down on the sexual or the racial or the partisan lines. But that is what we are all told to focus on. I'll give you, there was, there was another big racial incident, okay? This time it was in Atlanta. Someone painted several racist and defensive slurs on a building at Emory University in Atlanta. I've spoken at Emory before. It's a pretty left-wing place. And at the time, the local news outlet, WSB-TV, reported that the Emory Autism Center has become the target of several crimes, including burglary and vandalism, including graffiti of racial slurs and swastikas. A a police report of the incident showed that vending machines had been vandalized, glass had been shattered, Quote, the area where racial slurs were reportedly written along the walls or near the workspace occupied by two African-American women. A swastika was found in a hallway near a Jewish man's office. At the time, the school says the acts of racism and anti-Semitism are painful for all of us at the EAC and in the Emory community. They will not be tolerated and every effort will be made to bring the perpetrators to justice. When I saw this story, without knowing anything else, but I hadn't seen the picture of the guy who perpetrated it. I looked at that. I said, that's a hoax. That's a hoax. That's not a white supremacist. It's not a neo-Nazi. It's a race hoax being perpetrated by big libs, by left-wingers, very likely by a black guy. You know, I hate to say I told you so, but I was right. It turns out the perpetrator is black. He's a black guy. I I detail a lot of these incidents in my book, Speechless, so many of the high, the majority of the, of the highest profile racial incidents in recent decades turned out to be hoaxes. The allegedly oppressed people were the ones who set the whole thing up in the first place. Why is that? Well, you can see, you, you see it in the, the uh, statement given by this, by the school. The acts of racism and anti-Semitism are painful for all of us. Stop it right there. 
No, they're not. They're pleasurable. These are pleasurable incidents for people who can claim victimhood and therefore social currency and for the ruling class that seeks to divide us. These racial incidents, these hoaxes are extremely pleasurable because it advances their political goals. They're not pain. They're painful for the people who are accused of bigotry and racism and whose rights and way of life are being taken away as a result of that, but it's pleasurable for, for the people who, who benefit from it. This is why they so often turn out to be hoaxes because there is a real advantage to being able to claim victimhood. The culture has gone absolutely crazy on race. It has also gone crazy on sex. There is a fairly well-respected scientific journal, The Lancet. I quote The Lancet and research from The Lancet often on this show. The Lancet just came out with its new cover for its latest issue. The cover says, quote, Historically, it's just a white background, and then you got the quote on the cover. Historically, the anatomy and physiology of bodies with vaginas have been neglected. What? The conservatives here are outraged because the Lancet embraces transgenderism, right? They're saying, well, it's not just women who possess that body part, but it's it's everybody, men, people who identify as men or non-gendered or this or that or any of the 57 genders. So conservatives are outraged that the scientific journal embraces this unscientific concept of transgenderism. Feminists are outraged that this journal seems to erase women, right? It's no, forget about women, it's bodies with this particular anatomical feature. And, And furthermore, that it defines women by their anatomy. And how dare you Eyes up here, buddy. I'm more than just my body parts, right? The most shocking part, though, is that this journal is defining all of us as bodies. This is weird. I am not just a body. I can't believe this is really basic stuff that our culture has gotten so stupid on that we don't recognize this anymore. We are more than just our bodies. We are soul and spirit, too. We're not just meat puppets. We're not just flesh. We have minds. Okay. You've got the materialist heresy on one hand, which is the the idea that we're just meat puppets. Then you've got the transgender Gnostic heresy on the other, the idea that our bodies have nothing to do with who we are. And then you've got the normal, obvious, common sense, true understanding of human nature, which is that we are both. You know, Ta-Nehisi Coates, who is an extremely overrated race hustling author, he, uh, he loves to use this phrase, black bodies. He says the black body is very oppressed, as if black people don't have souls. No, it's, it's more than that, buddy. We are a human person. But because we are so insanely focused on this stuff, on the, on the physical, we lose sight of that. This is, this is actually, it ties in with the racial thing. We're so focused on, on the physical that we think that racism is the only evil in the world. Because our, our understanding of sin and grace and morality only goes skin deep. So the, the editor-in-chief of The Lancet came out, he, he sort of apologized, but then he defended it because he said trans people face stigma, transgender health is very important. And of course, he doesn't mean fixing the problem or even acknowledging it when a man thinks he's a woman or vice versa. He means affirming people in their delusions. This is the state of modern medical science, the religion that so many leftists ascribe to, the, the official religion of the state of New York now, where, where we need apostles of the religion. We need people to wear the religious totems of that religion. 
Speaking of sex, there's a sex story that came out a few days ago that I didn't get to, but I, I, do, I, I don't want to miss it. I do want to get to it because it's a weird one. Chris Cuomo has been accused of sexual harassment and he's been accused of this in the New York Times. And I can't believe it. I, ah, this is really strange. I have to sort of defend Chris Cuomo here. Okay. So this woman, Shelley Ross, who is a TV journalist and executive producer at ABC and CBS. She is accusing Chris Cuomo of greeting her at a party by grabbing her derriere uh, in, in 2005. So this is 16 years ago. This woman had been Chris Cuomo's boss. She had been the, the EP on the show, uh, but then she left. So she was no longer his boss and he shows up to this party. One imagines people are throwing back a few cocktails here and he grabs her in this kind of grotesque way. He goes up, he greets her, he grabs her on the derriere, and he says, now, now I can do this, ha, ha, ha. And she says, no, you can't. And her husband was there. And uh, uh, so after this party, he apologizes. He sends her an email, it says, this is from the article. She's acknowledging this. Now that I think of it, I'm ashamed. I shouldn't have even put you in such a position. Uh, please apologize to your very good and noble husband. Um, please pass along my apology. I apologize to you as well for putting you in this position. Next time I'll remember the lesson, no matter how happy I am to see you. My hearty greeting was a function of being glad to see you, but you know, I'm ashamed. Mea culpa. Okay. And she obviously accepted his apology, but now 16 years later, she's turning it on him again. This is very cynical. It's very cynical. Obviously, Chris Cuomo should not have done it. It's a boorish, barbaric thing to do. You should not greet women this way, especially not when they are married, especially not when you are married. Okay. Nobody says that what he did was right or that what he did wasn't wrong. Least of all, Chris Cuomo, who apologized for it. And she apparently accepted his apology at the time. But now 16 years later, she doesn't like something that he has said or done. And so she comes out and says, he sexually assaulted me. That's not about justice. That's not about protecting the world from a predator. That's not about showing him the error of his ways even because he uh, apologized already. You accepted his apology. It's just about political opportunism. It's just about finding someone's sin that he's already apologized for and, and holding it over him to make him do whatever you want for the rest of your life and his life. That's not right. Uh, what a graceless society we live in if that's, if that's the norm really bad for society. If every wrong that you have ever committed, and, and I'm certain that you, like me, have committed many wrongs, many sins in your past, if any of them, even the ones that have been forgiven, can then just be used to a- attack you, to destroy your career, to, to even get you thrown in prison or something, you know, to, to get you really accused of a serious crime, what kind of society are we living in? It's so cheap. uh, The woman essentially admits in this article, yeah, it's not really about justice or my my feeling of victimhood. This is just just about getting Chris Cuomo because he's doing things that I don't like. That's ugly stuff. And we got to call it out even when it's, even if it's Fredo Cuomo, even if it's someone that we generally don't like very much. You know, speaking of (laughs) these sorts of issues, if you are uh, having a little trouble with men's health, I would strongly recommend you go check out Hims. Forhims.com is all about men's wellness. Need help with ED, hair loss, have a cold? Interested in mental health or coronavirus home tests? Hims is here for you. Through Hims, 
you can get the prescription medication that treats ED, real science, real solutions to ED. You get the same active ingredient as that expensive little pill, but without the expensive price tag. This could cost hundreds of dollars if you had to go through a doctor or a pharmacy. Not so with Hims. Hims makes it simple and affordable. Why live with ED when the solution can be so simple? Take control of your wellness. I know that men don't always like to talk about these sorts of things. Well, Hims makes it so simple, easy. Try Hims today by going for a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash Michael for your free visit. That is forhims.com slash Michael, F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash Michael. Prescription products are subject to medical provider approval and require an online consultation with a medical provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. See website for full details and safety information. That is forhims.com slash Michael. Also, subscribe and start listening now to Morning Wire on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. We'll be right back with a whole lot more. There are a lot of illegal aliens in the state of California, or at least there were. But now there aren't any illegal aliens in the state of California, according to the California Legal Code. This is not because Governor Mussolini has deported all of the foreign nationals in the country. This is because he has taken that term illegal alien out of the state code. Newsom says, as the nation's most diverse state, we are stronger and more vibrant because of our immigrant communities. This important legislation removes the word alien, which is not only an offensive term for a human being, but for far too long has fueled a divisive and hurtful narrative. By changing this term, we are ensuring California's laws reflect our state's values. Only that last part is true. That last part where they say, by changing the term, we now make sure that the state code reflects our values. The value is we don't have a border and we're going to flood the country with foreigners fled the state with foreigners. But nothing else here is true. As, as our nation's most diverse state, we're stronger and more vibrant because of our immigrant communities. So what they, when, when they say diversity, what they mean is, broad, in this case, broadly non-American and specifically non-white. Right? That, that is the way the term is used, on the left and broadly in the culture. And that's a really ugly thing to say, to say that uh, non-white people are much stronger than white people. We don't, when there are places with white people, that's bad. And when there are places with non-white people, that's good. That's an ugly thing to say. You might call that racist. That's an ugly thing to say. Next, he says, this, this important legislation removes the word alien, which is an offensive term for a human being. It's not an offensive term for a human being. It's a very simple clinical term that means foreign, a foreigner. You're an alien. And it's fueled divisive and hurtful narratives. It's racist. No, it's not. It's clear language for a foreigner. But now when those terms are taken away, they'll be replaced by terms like migrant. Well, this is far less clear language because there are legal migrants and illegal migrants. That distinction is being obliterated in the California state code. This is what my book is about. (laughs) This is what my book Speechless is about, that the left believes that by redefining the words, you can redefine reality itself. And as a practical political matter, often that can be very effective. Whoever controls the, the words controls the debate. And so now we're not going to debate the 
propriety of having a bunch of illegal aliens in the state. They're not illegal anymore. They're not aliens at the very least. They're Californians. They're future Americans. They're just, maybe they're undocumented, but that's all right. We'll get them documents. They're already doing it. Very effective strategy. And it's, it's not even the, the most cynical thing the guy's doing in the state right now. Gavin Newsom has also just signed legislation making cheat by mail, I'm sorry, excuse me, vote by mail, a permanent feature of California elections. He signed Assembly Bill 37, which requires a mail-in ballot to be mailed to every registered voter in the state. This makes the Golden State the eighth state in the country to implement this sort of law. So there it is. It's going to be very, very difficult uh, with one of the most corrupt, rife-for-fraud election practices now as a matter of law in California. It's going to be very, very difficult for Republicans to win elections. No less a leftist than Barack Obama, just, just in recent years, pointed out that widespread mail-in voting leads to abuse. It can lead to cheating. But the Democrats run the entire state. They've got a perfect lock on the state. And so they institute widespread mail-in votes, automatic mail-in votes. Very hard to see how the Republicans take power back. That's why a lot of people want to stay and fight. But you've also got to know when to have a tactical retreat, okay? And this is why a lot of people are fleeing California for conservative states, because we need to concentrate our forces where we can win victories if we want to try to win broader national victories in the future. This sort of thing should not be permitted, widespread mail-in voting. It is just as corrupt as the old political machines of Tammany Hall and Boss Tweed. But that is the law now in California because elections have consequences. We've got to prevent this in places that we currently have some control over. Speaking of election fraud, here's a story that we're not supposed to talk about, but whatever. Let's talk about it. Let's see. Your your move, social media platforms. You can kick me off if you want, but I'm just going to read the news here. There was a recount. There was there was a an audit of the recount in Arizona. Okay. And the audit established that there were no substantial differences between the hand count of the ballots and the official canvas results for the county in the 2020 election. That's the headline that you are going to see in the news. The audit found that there were no substantial differences between the hand count of ballots and the official count for the county that that resulted in the 2020 election. Okay. Biden won Arizona by 10,457 votes. Okay. What happens beyond the headline? The audit established the hand recount. What happens beyond the headline? There were numerous findings of problems with the election and evidence indicating that tens of thousands of ballots were illegally cast or counted. So some of those ballots should not have been cast in the first place. And some of the ballots, even if they were cast by real people who were eligible voters, should not have been counted because they did not follow the rules for casting the ballots. The review revealed that more than 17,000 return envelopes were duplicates. Maricopa County recorded more than 6,545 early voting return envelopes than this reviewing organization determined existed. 
And 15,035 mail-in votes in Maricopa County were from voters who had moved prior to the registration deadline. Another 6,591 mail-in ballots came from voters who had moved out of Arizona prior to the registration deadline, and 1,718 mail-in votes came from voters who moved within Arizona but out of Maricopa County prior to the registration deadline. A good reporting on this is in The Federalist right now. So what does this mean? Which, which headline is to be believed? Did Biden win Arizona or did, did Biden maybe not win Arizona? Well, yes, it is true that the audit found that the, 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 there was no substantial difference between the hand count of the ballots and the numbers we were told shortly after the election. But that's not really the question. The question is how many of those ballots were eligible to be cast or counted in the first place? There, just this number, 17,000 duplicate images, Biden didn't even win the state by 11,000 votes. That seems pretty suspect to me. All those other numbers as well. The media are only, the, the establishment media are only going to give you that statement. The, the, re, the hand recount and the official numbers after the election were basically the same. Well, okay, but, but that's not the point. The point is how many of those ballots should have been counted in the first place. And these reviews suggest to me that the answer is far from clear. And if it is clear, it's maybe clear in a different direction. I think that this recount is a vindication of the people who say that there was a lot of corruption. And there are other numbers too. I'm just giving you the top line views. But there's a lot of other shady stuff that was discovered in this audit, in this review. I think the people who demanded the audit and the review were obviously justified in doing so. But one of the problems with these mail-in ballots is that there's very little you can do. It's very, it's very difficult to trace these things, to compare these things. It's hard to count them in the first place. That's why we've been so reticent as a country to use them. But now that Democrats think that they can really count on that advantage, they're pushing them very, very hard. So what can we do right now? Probably nothing about the 2020 election. Nothing really is the answer. What can we do right now moving forward? Well, we can, in the states where we have power, we can prevent this kind of stuff from going on. This is something Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida. DeSantis just directed the Secretary of State, Laurel M. Lee, to investigate Facebook for election interference. Governor DeSantis says that uh, recent reports showing that Facebook is impacting the results of state and local elections are, quote, an affront to the basic principles of our republic. So he signs this order. He says, I hereby direct that your office immediately investigate this alleged election interference caused by Facebook through its whitelisting program and any other previously undisclosed, undisclosed program within Facebook in order to determine whether any violations of Florida's election laws took place. The, the report that came out showed that Facebook officially does not enforce some of its rules on some of its people. Some elite people get to violate Facebook's community standards and rules, and some people don't. And as we saw during the 2020 election, Democrats get favorable treatment. That's just the way it goes. And when there are damaging stories about the Biden family published, for instance, by the New York Post, those just don't spread on Facebook. You don't get to post them. You don't get to privately message them. And that constitutes election interference. Facebook and especially Google and to a lesser degree Twitter control the public square. What they are doing is by definition a political act, which means in a country that is self-governing, they control the entire political order. And we cannot permit that. And we need to use state power. We need to use the government to stop that. 
I know this is going to be shocking to people who over the past 20 years have been told that the government is the only threat to our liberty and we've got to stop big government. We've got to shill for corporations that hate our guts. But that, that is the wrong idea. If my rights and my way of life are being taken away by some weirdos in Silicon Valley, that does not make me feel any better than if they were being taken away by the government. And, and the reason we have a political system is so that we can use the government for just ends. Like, for instance, preventing weirdos in Silicon Valley from controlling our politics. Speaking of Florida, speaking of justice, it's a sheriff in Florida right now who seems to understand justice pretty clearly. Uh, There is a man who is accused of attempting to kill a cop and critically wounding him and he, he might not survive. He's not expected to survive. And now he's on the loose and the sheriff in this town, he said, if this cop killer tries to break in to your home and to your office, you should do everything you can to, to de-escalate the situation and you should take him peacefully into custody and you should, no, he didn't say that. He said you should blow him away like a rabid animal. And that's true. That's what should happen. Quote, blow him out the door because he is like a rabid animal. The, the sheriff is Bill Leeper. He was referring to this man, Patrick Renee McDowell, who according to the Northeast Florida Fusion Center, which is part of the Florida Department of Law Enforcement Agencies. Uh, he has military training. He was in the Marine Corps and he shot Deputy Josh Moyers, 29 years old, in the face last Friday. Blow him away. We are told that in order to have criminal justice reform in this country, which is so sorely needed, we need to go easier on criminals and we need to let criminals out of prison and we need to not put them in prison in the first place. And especially if they're black, we need to not arrest them because of historical blah, 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 whatever. And it's really compassionate to let these killers and thugs and criminals just go on the loose. That is not compassionate. That's very cruel. That's cruel to all of the innocent people that these criminals are going to attack. The compassionate thing here is to enact justice. Okay much more compassionate to his potential victims. And it's more compassionate to him. This man is not thriving by killing cops. That's not good for him. It's not good for his soul. That's not good for him as a member of society. It is good to bring him into line with justice. We do need criminal justice reform in this country. It's not that we have an over-incarceration problem. We have a significant under-incarceration problem in this country. We need to bring criminals into line. Speaking of which, speaking of our our total confusion on this, on the left and on the right, don't forget it was Donald Trump who signed the jailbreak bill, okay? It was one of the worst things he did in his administration. Overall, I thought he was a terrific president, but that was one of the worst things that he did. And it shows you how how deep the rot goes, that even the right believes that we need to let criminals out of prison, that our problem in this country is we're too tough on crime. There is a man named John Hinckley. John Hinckley tried to murder President Reagan in the 1980s. John Hinckley did wound multiple people who were protecting Lincoln, and he permanently paralyzed and shortened the life of Ronald Reagan's press secretary. John Hinckley has just been given unconditional release. Tries to kill the president of the United States, seriously, grievously arms lots of other people. Now that guy gets to go free. John Hinckley Jr., the man who tried to kill Reagan, won the unconditional release from his state-mandated supervision on Monday. The, the DOJ agreed to a deal with Hinckley's attorney. Federal judge accepted it. 
He will live his life without court-ordered restrictions and mandated supervision of his doctors. Hinckley's attorney says there is no evidence of danger whatsoever. It's a momentous event. This is compassionate, isn't it? I don't, I don't know that it's compassionate. So first of all, the only reason this could happen is because Hinckley w- was uh, found criminally insane. So he was, it's not that he was just a criminal. He was also insane. And so he didn't go to a normal jail. He was committed to an insane asylum. Okay, then he's got to stay there. He's lucky. He got to avoid jail time, but then he's got to stay in the insane asylum. He's crazy enough to, to try to kill the president. And he tried to kill the president because he was in love with Do- Jodie Foster, which adds to the kookiness. Now we're told it's really compassionate to let him out. It's not compassionate to let him out. He's a nut by his own admission or his lawyer's own admission. He's a nut. So you've got, the reason we have insane asylums in the first place, or at least we used to, is because it's not compassionate to let crazy people live in squalor on their own. You, it's not compassionate. We used to do this now on the streets of Los Angeles and San Francisco and New York. We let crazy people live in filth on the streets and in danger on the streets. That's not compassionate. That's cruel. And it's based on the, a false understanding of liberty on the left, which says that liberty is just doing whatever you want, but also on the right. So this idea of leave me alone, you do you, who cares? It's not my problem. If crazy people are going to live on the street, they're a danger to themselves and to others, and they're going to live in filth. That's not my problem. It is your problem. You live in society. This is your country. What kind of country do you want to live in? Is this, is this compassionate to the family of Ronald Reagan? Is this compassionate to the family of the people that this guy did kill over the long term, like Brady, the press secretary, or to the people that he grievously injured? I don't think so incoherent stuff. Now, speaking of old politicians, there is a politician who has been in the United States Senate since before Ronald Reagan was inaugurated for the first time. That man's name is Chuck Grassley, Senator from Iowa, oldest Republican in the Senate, 88 years young. He's served for seven terms already, and he just announced that he's running for re-election. Hey there, I'm running for re-election. It's the right thing to do for Iowa. I have an unpopular opinion because everyone's saying, oh, he's too old. We need term limits. We need to stop these old people from running for office. I have an unpopular opinion, but here it is. I love that he's running for re-election. I think it's great. Good for him. He's relatively, relative compared to other senators, he's relatively quite a stalwart conservative. On pretty important political issues, he has stood up at crucial moments, not at every moment, but at crucial moments, he's stood up. He's obviously still pretty fit. He's far more coherent than Joe Biden, even though he's got 10 years on Joe Biden. Good for him. I'm glad he's doing it. And if he does step down at some point, they'll just appoint another Republican to take his place. There won't be any sort of bruising election there. And, uh, and if, he, if he gets to be 90, 94 and he runs for election again, or I guess he's, I guess he'd be what, 90, Five, I don't know. He'd be up there. Then good for him. By the end of his next term, he'll be a hundred something years old. Good for him. I think it's fine. I'm, I'm pretty against term limits. The reason I'm against term limits is because term limits do not empower the people. They empower the staff members and the lobbyists and the bureaucrats. Okay. The senators are supposed to be elected by the states. Then the 17th amendment changed that they're elected directly by the people, uh, which did change for the worse our system of government or checks and balances. But then the people elect the senators. Nobody elects the 
bureaucrats. Nobody elects the permanent staff of the committees. Nobody elects the lobbyists. And those are the people who are going to have more power, the less power that the senators have. So I think fine. Chuck Grassley is basically a good Republican senator. Good for him. We're not supposed to like him in no small part because he's an old white man and old white men are the, are the worst people on earth, according to our modern culture. Well, speaking of famous old white guys, the, the new group of white men who are being canceled are, uh, it's not the Republican senators, it's not uh, the conservative celebrities. It is the, the Jedi from Star Wars. It's like Luke Skywalker. That, they're the ones who are being canceled. There's a piece out called Why the Term Jedi is Problematic for Describing Programs that Promote Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. So these social justice warriors have been referring to themselves as Jedis, you know, comparing themselves to the Star Wars heroes uh, because of justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. But this article says, no, they're not. Because the Jedi, they're, they're straight white men and they're actually defending the patriarchy and whatever. I mean, this is a largely, it's, Star Wars has a problematic cultural legacy that has been critiqued for trafficking and sexism, racism, and ableism. And, you know, Princess Leia in that bikini was too sexy, so that's bad. And uh, it's got, there's an Orientalist subplot, and it's, oh my gosh. Do you know where this article was written? You would expect it to be written in the most radical left journal, right? Mother Jones, salon.com, I don't know. This article comes from Scientific American scientific. It brings us right back to the top of the show. The way that science has been twisted in our culture is to be a religion. But there, some religion is true. The difference here is that science is being used to promote a false religion, this false, weird, creepy, kooky shamanism where we all have to be disciples and apostles of Dr. Fauci and the mayor of the governor of New York and the libs. And the, the doctrines of science are not permanent fixed laws. They're just capricious whims of the various shamans of this religion. And they change day by day by day. This is what science means. And I know a lot of right-wingers say, well, look, I defend science, but I don't support scientism or I support science. I want to follow the science. It's science doesn't mean that anymore. Okay. The, The left is redefining that word too, to try to redefine reality. This is a strange, creepy cult on the left. And we are not going to win by playing along with their premises. We are going to have to talk about, about more basic things in our politics. Justice, true liberty, tradition, the way of life, what it is that we want to preserve. Okay. That is what we need to offer. The left has a very aggressive religious view and it sweeps up a lot of people. What vision are we offering? If the only vision we can offer is, hey, leave me alone. Hey, you do you. Let's, let's all just do whatever we want to do. If that's, if that's the vision we're offering, we're going to continue to lose. I'm Michael Knowles. This is Michael Knowles. I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. 
The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. The governor of New York is set to fire hundreds of healthcare workers for not getting vaccinated, artificially creating a healthcare worker shortage. Also, Joe Biden gets his third COVID shot while announcing that things won't get back to normal until 98% of all people have the jab. Plus, a medical journal refers to women as bodies with vaginas. And more information has come out about the guy who whipped up a social media mob against the woman who allegedly said something mean about him in a dog park. Finally, the local media here in my new home of Virginia are not happy that I've come to speak at the Loudoun County School Board. All of that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show.